What's up? What's going on? Welcome to the show. Happy Monday. Thanks so much for hanging out. I appreciate it. Pete Callender here, the Pete Callender Show. Uh, that's why I'm here. 704-570-1110 is the phone number. Also, 1-800-WBT-1110. You can also email Pete at the Pete Callender Show. You can also hit me up on Twitter at Pete Callender. So uh, I guess the racism has been uh, has been solved over at uh, Butler High School. Right, they got rid of the volunteer cheerleading coach. Right, Brett Jensen reporting earlier today that <laughs> she's not on the. Well, she's not. A, she was a volunteer, right? That's what you just heard in the newscast there. So, whew, thank goodness that's all solved now. Move along, everybody. No more racism or whatever. I did get an email about this topic over the weekend. Uh, the Butler High School students who. Uh, you know, put up the big sign and the, the, the football team ran through the sign and the sign said, sniff, sniff, smells like white privilege, but the privilege word was written in white paint. So they didn't say white privilege, but it said privilege and the word was white and they had like dollar signs on it. Uh, I got an email from a fella named Kevin who says, before folks get on their high horse about learned behavior, because I said, like, my position on this and actually was at a friend's house over the... Uh, Weekend for a Halloween party, which, yes, Let's Go Brandon costume was present. Uh, not by me. I was not wearing I was, I was the Grim Reaper. But, um, <laughs> well, yeah. And, yeah, and I went as a uh, Democratic voter. So, no, I'm kidding. I could have. I totally could have. And if the, if the rest, if the mask exit like a uh, 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 survives longer than the rest of the costume you know like the black robe or whatever then the the skeleton face thing then yes that's totally going to be the next costume will be maybe next year for the election okay anyway um kevin said before folks get on their high horse about learned behavior consider this background information well uh i said that the students were just doing what they were taught right like this is these are the uh, the societal norms that we are uh, uh, projecting onto the kids. This is what we want them to know. White privilege things. Check your privilege and uh, white fragility. And so when the cheerleaders, you know, mocked their opponents for being part of the systemic racisty patriarchy, I submit that they they've done nothing wrong per se. They're they're just Right, projecting back to the adults the lessons that the adults projected to them. So I don't see why anybody should have been punished for that. Unless, of course, you're saying that what we've been teaching them is wrong, in which case then, wouldn't that be on us? No, 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 best to toss out the volunteer uh, cheer coach, right? That'll solve it. Uh, so, but uh, this fellow named Kevin says, uh, before folks get on their high horse about learned behavior... 12 to 15 years ago, my daughters were students at East Mech, a majority-minority school with a greater than 50% free lunch student population. It was and is a great school with a great staff. So let's say 12 to 15 years ago, that would have been, well, 21 minus 10 is 11. Well, all right, well, I was a reporter back then covering Charlotte-Mecklenburg School, so I don't recall any of that. I do know East Mech. This was after all of the uh, the busing orders had been lifted and all of that stuff. So there was massive upheaval for student assignment plans and the like. Um, during that time, East Mech played a football game on Charlotte Catholic's 
campus. East's students had developed the practice of wearing camouflage clothes to their games. Why were they wearing camo to the games? There's an East Mech. So East Mech was wearing camouflage. The Catholic student body's theme for the game was camo and ghetto, complete with signs and kids in camo attire and blackface. I didn't see any outrage on the part of Catholic administrators, parents, etc. for this behavior. Learned and no apology afterwards. Yeah, I have no I never heard this story and I was a reporter at the time. Maybe nobody reported it in the media and that's why nobody heard of the story. Because by the way, like if uh if nobody had recorded that video and put it out there if there was no image to go along with the story, then it probably wouldn't have been a story. And nobody would have talked about it and that cheer coach would have still had that volunteer position had it not been for social media, and then the news media picking up the social media video. So 12 to 15 years ago, did anybody complain? Did anybody say, hey, this is inappropriate? Because I would think that would be inappropriate. Uh, But I also recall at the time, and I don't know if this is connected, but wearing camo, that was seen as, not seen, it was part of, uh, what was the name of the coalition? It was... um, It was over on Idlewild. There were a bunch of different gangs, you know, Crips and Bloods and that sort of thing. But in that neighborhood, they all banded together and they adopted the camouflage colors because it was, you know, a combination of all of these different gangs. That was the idea. And so if you saw camo over around Idlewild Road, then that's near Independence. That was because there were a whole bunch of apartment buildings and complexes that were over there, and that's... That was sort of ground zero for, and I'm trying to remember the name, but I, I I don't recall. But would that be why people were wearing camo at the games at East Mech? I don't know. I do recall the gang activity being associated with the camo. Um. Anyway, Kevin goes on to say, kids do stupid things. Both of these events are teaching moments. I think the expressions from both CMS and the Catholic principal are proper and a good example of showing the kids the right way. <clears throat> yeah, and I would agree but for the new rules of society, which is you don't get to come back from these types of mistakes. When the mistakes are made in one direction, you're done. Talk to the cheerleading uh, uh, high school student, the cheerleader, remember who sent a a video to one of her friends or something? Uh, Where was she out of like Tennessee and uh, got into her dream college and then got uh, turned down, got rejected. They, they, they with, uh, rescinded her uh, her tuition because she was no longer uh, welcome at the school because this video that was several years old got shared to other people and then used to destroy her. So I'm not sure. See, this is what I mean. A consistent application of the standards, which was my, the whole point of my you know, sarcasm about Butler High and the students just doing what they were told. And by the way, the kids who dressed in the blackface... Uh, that's learned behavior as well. Yeah. Unless, of course, we are to believe that they all put on the black face because that's what you do when you're dressing up in camo because you're going camouflage. So I, you'd have to ask the kids. I don't know. I don't rem- I don't remember that story. But again, it didn't get any coverage at the time. So maybe somebody should have taken a picture or something. <laughs>
Right, exactly, Monica. Writing it. Twitter. Those Butler cheerleaders, they were just doing the work. That's what you got to do. You got to do the work. And then you get so tired from all the work. Oh, I'm weary. I'm just weary. Not to be confused with wary, which is apparently what the headline writer at the Charlotte Observer did. With the headline, in redistricting, Mecklenburg commissioners appear weary of major change. Now, I've been watching this. I don't think they appeared weary. I do think they appeared wary. I don't think they want major change. So this is about not the city council. This is about county commission, completely controlled by Democrats at this point. And they are uh, uh, drawing up their district maps as well. City council is too, and the state is drawing up the maps for the state legislature as well as for uh, the congressional districts. But Mecklenburg County is doing this also. And voting districts for the county commissioners looks like they're going to remain largely unchanged for the next decade. According to a write-up by Will Wright, Charlotte Observer, last week. I watched this meeting. It was on Tuesday. I've been sitting on this audio for almost a week. And by golly, we're going to get to it right now. Because I did not watch that meeting not to have this audio play. All right. So in a preliminary, plus also, it's amazing. In a preliminary vote, seven of nine commissioners voted to approve a redistricting map that would move just one precinct, one precinct from the current plan. The map would move one precinct from District 2, which is like the whole western side of the county, and it would move it from District 2 to District 5. And that includes a lot of the area south of Uptown. So South Boulevard area, like South Boulevard from like Woodlawn, like the Montclair precinct is like from Woodlawn and it goes down to uh, Arrowwood Road and it's, you know, South Boulevard's over there, I-77. It's like this little sliver. Okay, so that would go from District 5, or sorry, from District 2 into District 5. Both of these districts have been and continue to be Solid Democrat districts. Okay, that's not changing. But this precinct is going to move and then everybody else basically gets to stay the same. All right. Um, I love this line in the Observer uh, story. The process called redistricting is often fueled by heated partisan debate. In the case of the Board of County Commissioners, though, there was little partisan debate. The board's made up entirely of Democrats. <laughs> so they're Right. Why would there be partisan debate? They're all on the same team. Six district representatives, three at-large members. They're all Democrats, or as Democrats like to call it, fair maps. Fair maps that protect our democracy. And once again, remember, whenever you say democracy, what they mean is Democratic Party. So whenever you hear anybody, you know, democracy dies in darkness. That's Democratic Party dies in darkness. Democratic Party is uh, under under siege or it's being attacked or undermined. It's all Democratic Party. Okay, so the map was approved. Uh, it's going to uh, move forward. Precinct 98 move, makes the move. Uh, two districts, two and five, were not in compliance with this, oh, the, the number one priority, which is the one person, one vote. Used to be one man, one vote, but I don't want to trigger anybody here. So one person, one vote. 
You are not in compliance with that because you, you basically you take the whole population and you divide it by the number of uh, districts that we have. And so when you do the math, then you end up with like each district has uh, somewhere around, what is it, 195,000, or that's what District 2 has now. Right, so you need to have like 180 to 185,000. You, you got some wiggle room in there. But District 2 had way more, and District 5 had way fewer. So if you just move the one precinct, it sort of balances all of the districts out. They had other maps to choose from, right? Another one of the maps called for the moving of um, two different precincts as well. Map C. It would have been a major shakeup. So you have map A, B, and C, okay? So... A was like a status quo map, and it was referred to at one point as basically just like for reference. <laughs> it wasn't even really like they were, yeah, nah, not really. We didn't really do any work on this. Map C would have been a complete shakeup. Map C would have been a redrawing of all the lines, and it would have moved 60 precincts, and it would have dramatically altered the elections map according to the write up by Will Wright at uh, the Charlotte Observer. Uh, So Democrats decided, no, we would very much like to protect the status quo because we have the power under the status quo uh, lines. Susan Ellsbury, the co-president of the League of Women Voters of Charlotte-Mecklenburg, told commissioners at the meeting that her organization supported Map C, the major shakeup one, because it would have made districts more compact, which was another one of the criteria is that you want to try to keep your districts compact because some of these districts are really, really large and thin. They're like... They're they're long and thin. It's like uh, the one like District Two along the western part. It, it like wraps all the way around. I remember back in you know 2010, it used to be even bigger. Like the way they drew that map in order to keep the suburbs like out of uh, you know contention for controlling the the county commission. So you had uh, you got really long and thin districts, which means it takes a long time to travel around the district. Versus compact means you're more likely to run into your commissioner at the grocery store. I know I keep saying that, but that's like, that's the key thing here about having a local representative is that you're more likely to interact with them. Danny Deal, the spokesman for Mecklenburg County, said that the county had reviewed public comment on the issue, but that public input was limited to two emails. That's it. Only got two emails and 22 social media comments. Both emails and half of the comments were in favor of Map C. The big shakeup one. That was the one that people preferred. County commissioner said, pound sand constituents. We're going to pick the map that protects the status quo. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. To the audio tapes we go. Here is County Commissioner Vilma Leak. Uh, speaking at the county commission meeting about the redistricting. And, uh, well, she had some thoughts. I'm not really sure what connection they had to the topic, but here are uh, Vilma Leek's thoughts. Thank you. I've had questions Mm -hmm. from several of my districts, precincts, not wanting to leave the precincts and go to another district of another district they talked about it all right so let me 
uh, I, I will uh, translate. She is talking about people that have come to her and said, we don't want to leave your district. We want our precinct to be in your district still. Please keep us. Don't move us. All right. From the perspective of acceptance, working together, not having the same interests, and uh, and that concerned me mm-hmm. that people within the community were thinking that way as relates to the maps. And they said, by all means, do not put us with, and they stated what district they did not want to go to. Five. District five is the district. We have three maps. Yeah. Map one, two, and three. I either A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that any of the districts were disturbed that would come to us. It's us always going to them. And that's what they were saying in their concern about the maps. Right, so she's talking about how they got to move one precinct. Out of all the precincts, like hundreds of them, right? you got to move one precinct in order to balance District 5. Because District 5 needs more voters in it to be equally proportionate to by population with the other districts. And District 2 has too many. So she's saying, the, you know, people are coming to me and they're like, why do we always got to give away our people to other districts? Like, well, you're not giving your precinct to a different district. It's like there's nothing magical about these lines that were drawn 10 years ago that you have to keep them now. You can redraw them any way you want to within certain parameters, which is what Map C did. That the minorities would be placed in other districts and they did not want that ah wait a minute so the people who are coming to vilma saying please keep us in your district she's saying we are minorities and we don't want to be with white people (laughs) this is what she's saying she's been told okay this is the premise and the rationale was because of non-acceptance from many ways and many uh, reasons for that. I'm telling you what they said. Right. All Democrats, by the way. And how they felt. Democrat districts. wanting to go to other districts. And I needed to say that, to mm-hmm. say that the, mayors are, the, the, the maps are not fair. Ah. They're not fair in terms of pulling out others to come to one precinct versus another. So... Is, I'm, just to be clear, is this insurrection-y? Is this insurrection-type behavior? I'm not sure. Is this undermining the democracy? She says the maps are not fair. The maps are not fair. This is a completely Democrat-controlled process. And she's saying that the maps are not fair because it's map A, map A is moving one precinct. That makes it not fair. So does that mean the maps are not fair right now? Or just moving the single precinct. That makes them all unfair. And saying that all of the the, the greater numbers are your black districts. And we need to divide those. And to satisfy the Republicans of District 6 and how they're going to rearrange that. <clears throat> to lean toward not providing for the democratic leadership in this community people vote 
their convictions and the way they want to vote. We are a political party system. And we say that we are Republicans or we say that we are Democrats, depending on whether it suits us to get elected or not. What? And that's a known fact. Each party talks about that. It's not a secret. Wait, 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 wait. We are a political party system, and we say we are Democrats or Republicans, whether it suits us to get elected. I suspect, is she talking about one of the Democratic members on the commission, the District 6 commissioner, Susan Rodriguez McDowell? That's who she's talking about? She's essentially calling her a Republican or something? Republicans haven't had a majority on county commission for a very, very long time, right? So I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> well, that's an evergreen statement. I don't understand what Vilma's talking about. But all right, here's the rest of her. Anymore. Comments. Yeah. So I'm not sure that either of the three maps will be fair to the black people of Mecklenburg County. And I'm saying it as District 2's representative. And I'm saying it as a black woman who have lived in this community and seen the changes and the reverses which we are moving toward already. So it grieves some of us <coughs> to know that the maps have not included us really in the process. What? But excluded us in the process. All right, again, map A is moving a single precinct from one Democrat district to another Democrat district. That's the only change that's happening. Do you get the sense that Vilma knows she's supposed to talk against the map, but doesn't quite know which map to talk against and doesn't quite know why she's against the map? She just knows she needs to say some things and not... It grieves me because she says that all the time or in the process because she says that all the time or I need to just say she says that all the time. Right? These are things and questions from the community. That, like, she says that all the time. She has these are things she has been saying for 20 years. She has been saying these things. No, she's saying that the maps aren't fair, that they're moving minorities around supposedly for racial purposes in order to help the evil Republicans or something who aren't even on the board of county commissioners because they they've all been voted off. So this is becoming clear to me as I'm watching this, but uh, there's some other audio we're going to get to here. Let me finish up this clip here. But yet you need black folks to get elected. Oh my goodness. That's a fact. Oh, all right. Hang on a sec. We're going to have to come back to that. Uh, yeah. So she's telling Democrats that you're going to move Black Democrats out of one priest or out of one district into another district, and you're going to like ignore us and lock us out of the process, but you need us to win. And by the way, on that, particularly at large, she is exactly correct. News Talk 1110 WBT. All right, so I got the impression that County Commissioner Vilma Leak knew that she was supposed to be opposed to a map. But I think she may have gotten her signals crossed on what map it was that she was supposed to oppose. Okay? That's my premise. That's my hypothesis on this. All right. 
Uh, hang on, let me go over here to Nancy. Hello, Nancy. Welcome to the program. How are you? Nancy. Yeah. Oh, Nancy. Oh, that was such a disappointing call. Such high hopes. Nancy, are you there now? I am. Oh, great. <laughs> Welcome to the show. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, it was interesting to me. I worked with uh, Velma Leek at Independence High School, and when she worked there, she lived in Rain Tree, but she had an address in West Charlotte. Uh, the address, she, I know, yeah, the address was at the, uh, was it the Beacon Hill Apartments down on South Boulevard? I actually camped out in front of the gate once. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I do, it's interesting that she's in, she's so concerned about her district, but not concerned enough to live there. Yeah. Even when she was working, supposed to be working for them. Yeah, no, I appreciate the call. I, that was a big fight that occurred. I, uh, I actually covered that residency challenge she had julius chambers like the civil rights icon lawyer come in and act as her attorney at the board of elections because there were uh well bill james he was a county commissioner republican and uh a couple of uh residents of her district district two uh who filed this residency challenge with the board of elections and like a couple of them were neighbors of hers in Raintree, I don't know if I don't know where her residency is, but she, yeah, she owned a house in Raintree and claimed she did not live there. But people saw her drive into the driveway, get the newspaper, you know, park the car, go into the house, stay there, like all gave all signs that that's where she lived. But she also had an apartment in the district the district she was elected to represent. This was back when she was, I think, on school board. And they filed a residency challenge against her, saying she lives in the house, not in this sham residency, you know, uh, apartment. And uh, I'll never forget it. Uh, they, The Board of Elections, which is appointed uh, by the Democratic governor at the time, it was Mike Easley, so it was controlled by Democrats, and it was uh, two to one. And they told the citizens who had filed these complaints. I think there were like three of them and plus Bill James. Um, but he filed in his like not in his official capacity as a county commissioner, just as a resident of the district. And so she uh, or, or the, the Board of Elections, local Mecklenburg County Board of Elections, told these citizens that they would not subpoena the records necessary to prove whether or not she was getting her power bill and her mail delivered to, you know, which address. They refused to subpoena any records. And the the citizens therefore lost the challenge. I'll never forget. They asked her, oh my gosh, they ran through some series of questions. Julius Chambers ran through these questions with uh, uh, Vilma Leak about um, what's in your refrigerator. At the, you know, at the apartment and at the house, at the apartment versus at the house. And he would go, all you know, where do you get the newspaper? Where is this? And what about that? And where do you spend your nights? And like all of this. And at one point they make some joke about how, you know, oh, there's probably some, some ketchup in there, but it's old. I probably have to replace that. Ah, ha, ha. And everybody just busted out laughing. It was like, 
Okay, that's not very funny, first off. Um, I mean, not to warrant the kind of laughter that it engendered, but it, it was just this this theater. And when the county board of elections refused to help gather any information to verify her residency, then everybody knew the fix was in. What was her name? Uh, was it Georgia Lewis? Georgia Vasquez Lewis? Was that her name or Lewis Vasquez? Yeah, something like that. Uh, she was the chair. And they dismissed the complaint. And after they dismissed the complaint, about a year or so goes by, I want to say, and a fellow by the name of Lewis Ginyard launches a run for mayor, I want to say, and lists as his address his workplace. And he gets a residency challenge, I believe it was by a fellow libertarian, Christopher Cole, who, I mean, that's just how libertarians roll, by the way, just, you know. <laughs> when Whenever a libertarian stands up and says, I want to lead you, all the other libertarians in the party are like, get him, he wants to lead us. So uh, this, so there was a residency challenge filed against Christopher, uh, uh, by Chris Cole against Louis Ginyard, and they go to the same board of elections, same exact argument being made that Ginyard has a house, it's outside of city limits, but it's still inside Mecklenburg County, and he's claiming residency at this other place. And Ginyard's uh, argument, I think, was that you know he had like a cot set up at the office, and so that's where he was sleeping, that's where he was staying, or whatever. Um, and so they go to this residency challenge proceeding. It's identical to the Velma Leak residency challenge hearing, except one key difference. Velma Leak's a Democrat. No, I'm kidding. Although that is a key difference. No, the Board of Elections turns to Chris Cole and says, do you want us to issue any subpoenas for any documents to help make your case? Because we can do that for you. The very thing that the board refused to do to prove whether Vilma Leak lived at her apartment or at her house, because there was no denying that she had both of these places. She claims or claimed, I don't know if she still does. I'll have to go and check. But she claimed that uh, the house in Raintree was just basically abandoned. Right. They, no, nobody was even living there. I think maybe she said at the time, maybe she had like her son or somebody was she paid somebody to go cut the grass and all this. But she maintained the house, but she didn't live there. She lived at the apartment, this tiny little apartment off South Boulevard. I know exactly where it is because I literally got there. And when I re- realized I was live, I actually phoned in live with John Hancock that night. And he was, I think, egging me on to jump the fence <laughs> to go verify whether she lived there. I did not do so. I did not do so. I, it's one of the regrets I have to this day. News is next.